ETH Podcast COVID-19 It's Jennifer Kakshuri speaking. Thanks for tuning in. There's no vaccination yet. There's no medication either to tackle the coronavirus, but the computerized tracing of all infections might be a way of beating the speed of the spread of the virus. In this episode of the special edition of the ETH podcast, we want to talk about precisely this topic, a contact tracing app that's being developed right now and could prevent coronavirus infections, but at the same time raises many ethical questions. To trace or not to trace, that is the question in this episode. My name is Effie Vienna. I'm a professor of bioethics at ETH Zurich and I lead the Health Ethics and Policy Lab. Effie, in one sentence, what is contact tracing exactly? Contact tracing is a very old method in public health. We're trying to identify people who were in contact with an infected person, follow up with that contact in order to provide care and ultimately break the transmission. What other benefits would there be? There is a sequence. If you prevent transmission, obviously, you reduce the amount of virus that is going around. You reduce the, the number of people who are going to get sick. And, and these are important steps if you try to manage an epidemic, let alone a pandemic of the magnitude that we're having right now. So there's a variety of benefits, but the ultimate goal is to reduce the speed, to reduce the virus going around and, and bring this to some closure. Everyone speaking about the app that might be able to trace our contacts. Could you tell us the connection of contract tracing and the app that's being developed? Right. Currently, the app that everybody is talking about is an app that, um, in fact, more appropriately, is called Proximity Tracing App. So what it does, it allows somebody to know eventually that was close to a confirmed positive case. And so typically, we don't know maybe with whom we're in contact for, let's say, more than 15 minutes and in less than two meters distance, right? Because you go into places, you go shopping, you go into the train and all of these things. So the app and the system that's been developed can, the ways the phones connect can actually let you know once a person is positive, they can let you know that you were in that proximity. And this is very useful information because if you follow up, then the contact tracing part can start. So you can be identified as a person who needs to either go test themselves or quarantine or isolated or whatever the right protocol for this person is. So the technical part is actually the part that allows us to know who has been in contact with whom. But something important here is the way the system is set up at the moment, at least the systems I'm looking at, they don't really know who you are. They know an ID of yours and the ID of the confirmed page. That's an ID that's been generated by the system, right? It's not your real identification. So that is a system that at the same time seems to be privacy preserving. So I don't know your name, but also I know the important information, which is that I was in some close proximity that puts me at risk. How many users does the app need to really make a difference? 
the higher the number, the better. If you had 60% of the population being in a system that can help identify who has been in proximity or in contact with somebody, obviously would be in a position to control that epidemic better. If you have only 10%, I think it would be very difficult to say that the effect is going to be significant. But an exact number has to be determined and be based on other numbers. And it would be very different from country to country or from region to region. But in short, the higher the number of users, the more effective such a system is going to be. The app would separate then healthy from infected people. And as good as the idea sounds, I'm reluctant to the idea of using such an app. What happens to our data if we use such an app? So I, I wouldn't say that the app will separate healthy from unhealthy necessarily, but I think what it can do is, again, to notify people who have been at risk because they were somewhere close to somebody who is then, or we know, is a positive case for the virus. But as you say, I'm also very reluctant in, you know, in the name of stopping the epidemic, just giving a free pass to everything. And so what we're looking at at the moment is a variety of different technologies that are able to preserve our privacy and at the same time, fulfill their purpose, right? So it's not necessarily an either or. But again, to do this right, you need to use the right technology and then it has to be the right governance. For example, as you mentioned, the data. Some systems collect data, some systems don't collect data necessarily, but then there are the questions where are these data stored? Who has access to them? For how long? Can they be used for another purpose? Can they be shared with somebody else? All of these are the conditions that they have to be in place before we say, oh, yeah, that's the app we need in order you know, to control this epidemic. So these are very, very serious questions. And I think for all of us to be comfortable in using these technologies, we have to get clarity on the conditions that apply. Is to that the also the reason why it's taking so long for the app to actually come out? Um, well, you know, I think there are many reasons. It's not that anybody had such system ready and were just deploying it. There is quite a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of the architecture of the system. An app in and of itself, somebody can develop very quickly. It's not just that. It's the architecture of the system in the background. It's which technology is going to be used, which data have to be collected. So that takes time. But then there is the other step of the governance, of the legality, you know, of all of these things that need to be sorted out. And these take time. But if you look around today, everybody speaks of some apps. Only very few countries have deployed something. Most countries are talking about it, but it's not out there yet in mass scale. You're in a task force regarding uh, this Tracing, actually. What are the discussions about? I mean, what are you allowed to talk about? What are the issues? So, I mean, a couple of things. In Switzerland, there is the scientific task force that was um, also appointed to advise the government. And um, they are part of the um, digital epidemiology and contact tracing group. 
And this is precisely the discussions we have, the architecture of that technology, its engineering strength, what happens to the data. And obviously, I am the one who keeps talking about what are the privacy questions, how voluntary the system should be, things of that of that kind. I'm also co-chairing a group that the World Health Organization has put in place to look at um, digital technologies and against covid And there we have, again, the questions of what are the issues that you need to be very careful with when we're developing or deploying these technologies. There's little doubt that the technologies of that kind are going to be critical in us being successful against COVID. But it is also equally important, if not more important, to articulate the conditions. And again, in the WHO group, what we're discussing is this, how transparent these systems are, who is accountable for them, how exactly they preserve privacy. Is there an oversight system? You deploy something like this. Who is watching what's going on? Who is monitoring? Who can stop it? Is it the private sector? Is it the state? And all of these are very, very interesting questions. When you take them at the global level, become very complex and interesting. But even in, in the Swiss context, we do have this. Because, again, one thing I've been saying often is this is a huge social experiment. Nobody ever did this before at this scale where we want to do it now, even at a national scale or at a global scale. There's so many things we don't know. And I'm happy that there is quite a lot of thinking going into these issues before we deploy the systems. And even if you raise all the ethical questions regarding privacy policy, do you think you're going to use such an app? I think that if this app or this system meets the requirements that I'm hoping it will meet, I will use it. Yes, again, I am one of those people who believe that technology can serve us in many ways. And I think here we have an opportunity to use it in a good way. But again, for me to make that decision, I would like to make sure that um, a lot of conditions are met. In one sentence, Effie, Is the solution for containment of the virus digital? Digital is part of the solution. That's how I think about it. I don't think digital is the solution. But again, I cannot imagine a solution that does not include the digital at this point. Thank you, Effie, for joining us. Good luck with your work. I guess we'll hear from you soon. Great that you listened to us. Thies Wachter's Audio Story Lab produced this episode of the ETH podcast together with sound designer Luki Fretz and me, Jennifer Kakshoi.